Hi, I'm Poppin' Fresh, the Pillsbury Doughboy. Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. They're great! By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today I'm talking about commercials and advertising. I know, how boring is that, right? Actually, it's not. I'm fascinated with commercials and advertising. And by the end of the episode, you will be too. Probably. At least I'm hoping. The inspiration for today's episode actually came from a Golden Girls episode that Mrs. Gamerdude and I were watching over the weekend. There was a reference to Josephine the Plumber in the episode. And I said to myself, oh yeah, Josephine the Plumber. I remember her. She was in commercials all of the time when I was a kid. But these days, the reference to Josephine the Plumber is probably lost on most people because we haven't seen Josephine in literally decades. But for many, many years, Josephine was a fixture on our televisions. Now, Josephine was a plumber who worked in various houses and fixing people's sinks and doing all the plumbing stuff that you needed done in the kitchen. Josephine was unique back at the time because there were not many women plumbers back then. And what Josephine advertised was Comet Cleanser. You know that abrasive powder you use to get stains out of your sink? That was Josephine's product. She advertised Comet. I had actually forgotten what she advertised. I just remembered Josephine the Plumber. I actually had to look it up to remind myself what she did advertise. But Josephine the Plumber was on the air for over a decade advertising Comet Cleanser. And so that reference in Golden Girls to Josephine, that got me to thinking about all of the commercial spokespeople that we know today, but more importantly, all of the commercial spokespeople that I grew up with that for the most part are now forgotten. For instance, we all know Flo from Progressive. Progressive has a stable of actors playing various insurance agents, Flo being the main insurance agent, but there's a lot of people now who work for Flo or who work with Flo. I'm not sure if they work for her or with her, but they all work for Progressive wearing the Progressive aprons. So Flo's been around for years now. Liberty Mutual now has the Lemu, Emu, one of the dumber mascots around, if you ask me. Dennis Haysbert has been the spokesperson for Allstate for years. We all know Dennis, that deep voice of his. He was also the president in the 24 series, if you remember that. He was also the lead guy in the TV show The Unit. But he's got a nice little gig now as the Allstate spokesperson. Then there's Jake from State Farm. We all know Jake. We all know Random Mayhem. That's Dean Winters. Dean Winters has been a big actor for years, but he's Random Mayhem and he does a great job with that. We all know Dean. There's Jan from Toyota. There's Lily from AT&T. We can go back a few years to the Verizon. Can you hear me now guy? I forget what his name was. Did he have a name? I think he was just the can you hear me now guy. I mean, we also have cartoon type characters. You've got Tony the Tiger, Captain Crunch, the Nestle Quick Rabbit, the Lucky Charms Leprechaun. There's the Tricks are for Kids Rabbit, the Pillsbury Doughboy, him and that stupid little laugh of his. Back when I was a kid, we had Choo Choo Charlie. Choo Choo Charlie was an engineer. Choo Choo Charlie advertised the Good and Plenty candy, which I hated, but you couldn't get that damn jingle out of your head. Choo Choo Charlie was on TV all of the time. Back when they could advertise cigarettes on television, you had the Marlboro Man, making Marlboro very cowboy-y and masculine. 
once they took commercials off TV, you could still find Joe Camel advertising Camel cigarettes in magazines, newspapers, and the Marlboro Man was around forever. I think he still does pop up in advertising in magazines. I don't remember if they can still advertise cigarettes in magazines. I know there's been legislation and lawsuits about that, but the Marlboro Man was around forever. So all of those spokespeople got me thinking about the ones that had been around when I was younger, when I was a kid, when I was growing up. And there were a lot that stayed around for years and years. Now you can go look up some of these old commercials on YouTube if you want to. But to folks of a certain age, you're not going to have to look up anything. As soon as I mention the name, you'll remember the commercial. It'll pop into your head and you'll go, oh yeah. I remember those commercials because there's something about commercials that stay with you. I think it's because they're repeated so many times during the course of the day, during the course of the evening while you're watching TV. And don't forget, as I've mentioned many times, we only had three or four channels to watch. So you always saw the same commercials on all of the channels. Just like now, if you watch certain channels, the advertising is a little more targeted these days, depending on what channel you're on. You see Medicare beneficiary commercials. You see commercials for Consumer Cellular. When I was a kid, when I was a young adult, they ran all of the commercials all of the time on all of the channels. That's why these spokespeople were so stuck in our collective memories and stuck in our collective consciousness. For instance, after thinking about Josephine the Plumber, the first one that popped into my head, Mr. Whipple. Do you remember Mr. Whipple? If you don't know Mr. Whipple, he was the supermarket manager. And Mr. Whipple always stocked Charmin toilet paper. Although they like to call it bathroom tissue. I don't know why we called it bathroom tissue. It's toilet paper, but whatever. But Mr. Whipple, hypocrite that he was, criticized the ladies for coming into the supermarket and squeezing the ultra-soft Charmin toilet paper. And then when nobody was looking, Mr. Whipple couldn't resist. He had to squeeze it himself. And of course, they always caught him. But Mr. Whipple was the spokesperson for Charmin for many, many years. Now, it's funny because when I first watched TV, my first memory of the actor who played Mr. Whipple, a guy named Dick Wilson, my first memory of Dick Wilson was Mr. Whipple. But then I started watching old TV shows and I saw Mr. Whipple pop up on shows like Wagon Train and Twilight Zone and McHale's Navy. And I go, hey, that's Mr. Whipple. I thought he managed the supermarket. That's when I first realized that these guys were actually actors playing roles. I didn't realize Mr. Whipple wasn't a real guy. So Dick Wilson played Mr. Whipple for many, many years and was a fixture in my childhood TV viewing. Another fixture in my childhood viewing was Madge the Manicurist. Now Madge worked in the nail salon and in order to soften your nails up, she would put your hand in a dish full of some liquid. And that liquid turned out to be Palmolive dishwashing liquid. And all of the women who put their hands in the dishwashing liquid would yank it out, shocked, because dishwashing liquid was so bad for their hands. The soap was so strong. But not Palmolive. Oh no. Madge the manicurist was there to sell us on the virtues of Palmolive dishwashing liquid. It was soft enough and gentle enough to soak your nails in it before your manicure. Now again, I thought Madge was an actual manicurist. It wasn't until years later that I learned she was played by an actress named Jan Minor. And as with Mr. Whipple, I saw Madge the manicurist pop up in TV shows and movies. It was such a shock to see that. Wait, wait, that's Madge. I did finally start to catch on after a while. I wasn't a complete idiot. But for a little while I was. Another fixture of my childhood was an actress named Dina Dietrich. She portrayed Mother Nature. And Mother Nature appeared in commercials for chiffon margarine. They would give Mother Nature some bread with some chiffon margarine on it. 
She would take a taste and comment on how wonderful the buttery taste was. And then they'd reveal that it was chiffon margarine. And, of course, Mother Nature was very upset at being fooled. It's not nice to fool Mother Nature. That was the tagline. And she called in a thunderstorm. There was another person out there who never actually spoke any lines. But I remember commercials with Juan Valdez leading his burrow through the mountains, carrying bags of coffee beans on the burrow's back. Now, I just knew his name is Juan Valdez. I didn't know anything about anything except that Juan Valdez advertised coffee. And that's really all he was. He was a spokesperson for the Columbia Coffee Growers, which was an association of coffee growers that were advertising Colombian coffee. Juan Valdez didn't actually exist, but they created the character so they could sell us Colombian coffee. And I remember Juan Valdez being around for years and years. There was another spokesperson who was around for a much shorter period of time, but it was very memorable. Actually, there were two in the 80s that were very memorable, but very short. There was a guy named Joe Mashita. His nickname was Motormouth. He did commercials for Federal Express. And the point of his commercials was he talked so fast because business was so fast. You needed Federal Express to deliver things so fast because business was just booming and quick and you had to stay on top of it. So Joe Mishita made commercials for Federal Express for several years, and he was the world's fastest talker. He had the record for 120 words a minute. That's how much he could speak, how quickly he could speak. If you've never seen the Joe Mishita commercials, definitely look them up. Obviously, they're on YouTube. But yeah, Joe Mishita was around for a few years, but they did change their advertising campaign so he didn't last forever. Not like Madge or Mr. Whipple. But he made an impact for the short period of time that he was around. The same is true of Clara Peller. Clara Peller was the where's the beef lady for Wendy's. Now, Wendy's had this great advertising campaign pointing out that the hamburgers at other fast food places were not as big or as delicious as Wendy's burgers. And Clara Peller made her fame by going into a fast food restaurant and looking at the burger they offered and saying, where's the beef? And where's the beef was a huge catchphrase for three or four years, I want to say. Wendy's ran that commercial for several years, but then, like many commercials, it just kind of disappeared. They kind of stopped with it. But for a relatively brief period of time, Where's the Beef was the biggest catchphrase around. Another one who was out there at around the same time, not a spokesperson, more like a spokes dog. Actually, there were two spokes dogs advertising totally different products. There was Spuds McKenzie. Spuds McKenzie was the spokes dog for Budweiser, and Spuds McKenzie was everywhere. And then Taco Bell had a Chihuahua. I forget if that dog had a name, but it was the Taco Bell Chihuahua. And for a brief period of time, around the time of Where's the Beef, you had Spuds McKenzie and you had the Taco Bell Chihuahua. And they were huge, but they were a flash in the pan compared to Mr. Whipple or Madge the Manicurist. There were a couple of other long-standing characters that just lasted forever. And I had to mention them too, because they've been around forever. There was the Maytag Repairman. I think the Maytag Repairman has gone by the wayside because Maytag doesn't really exist in the same corporate form that they used to. Maytag used to make appliances. And a company still may make appliances under the Maytag brand, but it's not the same company. So many changes have occurred in companies that make appliances and furniture and stuff like that that I'm not even sure who Maytag is anymore. But once upon a time, Maytag had the reputation of being solidly built and long-lasting appliances. The Maytag repairman was the loneliest guy in town because once you sold a Maytag appliance, it never needed repair, it never needed service, it never needed attention. 
You'd plug in that washer, you'd plug in that fridge, you'd plug in that dryer, and you'd never have to worry about it. That was the point of buying a Maytag appliance. So an actor named Jesse White, and you would know Jesse White from a lot of TV appearances he did, from a lot of movies he did. Jesse White had a long career as the Maytag repairman, sitting in his lonely office all by himself because nobody ever called him. So if you ever see a reference to the Maytag repairman or being as lonely as the Maytag repairman, that's why. The Maytag repairman never got a call because you never needed to fix a Maytag appliance. The other long-running character I had to mention was Fred from Dunkin' Donuts. Fred is the time to make the donuts guy. Fred was making donuts for close to 20 years for Dunkin' Donuts before they decided they didn't want to be associated with donuts anymore. Now they're just called Dunkin'. This is also back when Dunkin' Donuts actually made good donuts. Now, just to be clear, this is just my opinion. I'm not trying to be disparaging of Dunkin' Donuts, but years ago, their donuts were really, really, really good. In my opinion, not so much anymore. But that's beside the point. Let's not go down that road. Time was Dunkin' Donuts advertised the quality of their donuts. They advertised how good their donuts were. And they advertised how good their donuts were because Fred was out there every morning before the sun came up, out there making the donuts. Fred was dedicated to making those donuts. He was dedicated to making the best Dunkin' Donuts you have ever had every single day. And again, back when donuts were their focus. And time to make the donuts was another one of those catchphrases that was really long-lasting. Longer than where's the beef, time to make the donuts lasted for almost 20 years. Fred was played by an actor named Michael Vale, and they actually had a full retirement ceremony for Fred when they decided to retire that sequence of commercials back in the late 90s. But time to make the donuts was huge, and so was Fred. Now, at the beginning of the episode, I mentioned the Choo Choo Charlie jingle. That's another part of advertising that has always been one of those things that stays with me because I love music so much. Commercial jingles last. They stick in your head. They're effective because they stick in your head. Commercial jingles have more staying power than many pop songs, if you think about it. Not only do they catch the essence of the product in 30 seconds or less, but they repeat those jingles more frequently than any song you'll ever hear on the radio or on the TV or on YouTube or anywhere. You might hear a song once an hour. You might hear a commercial jingle three times an hour. And for many more years than you'll hear that song. Now, I've mentioned these jingles in the past on my Twitch stream. I've actually sung these jingles on my Twitch stream. I remember the Lifeboy jingle. I don't ever remember seeing the Lifeboy commercial with this jingle in it. But I remember my mother singing me this song because the jingle stuck in her head. So because the jingle was in her head, I now have the Lifeboy jingle in my head for the rest of my life. Lifeboy was a soap. I don't even know if Lifeboy soap still exists. But Lifeboy had a jingle, and I'm no singer. You know, you've heard me try to sing on Twitch. But I'll give you a little flavor of the Lifeboy jingle. I'm singing in the bathtub, singing for joy, singing the song of Lifeboy. Can't help singing, cause I know Lifeboy really stops. B-O. That was the Lifeboy jingle. I remember that. And I remember that because my mother sung it to me. And she remembered it because it stuck in her head. So now I have it in my head. And now you have it. There's another one that stuck in my head as a kid. And it's because I heard it all of the time. It was always on TV. It was on Saturday morning TV. It was on afternoon TV. It's the Oscar Mayer jingle. All of these years later, the Oscar Mayer jingle is still stuck in my head. My baloney has a first name, it's O-S-C-A-R. My baloney has a second name, it's M-A-Y-E-R. Well, I like to eat it every day, and if you ask me why, I'll say... 
Because Oscar Mayer has a way with B-O-L-O-G-N-A. Yes, it's stuck in my head to this day. But that's the power of good advertising jingles. They stay with you and you remember the product. And to this day, I remember Oscar Mayer Maloney. I don't necessarily eat it all the time, but boy oh boy do I remember it. And of course, because I love music so much, I'm always interested in where jingles come from. And there are people who make careers out of writing jingles. That's what they do. That's their gig. They write commercial jingles. Well, it amazed me to find out that one of the popular singers from the 70s and the 80s got his start writing commercial jingles. Now, this name may not mean a lot to everybody, but to people of a certain age, you know Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow had hit after hit after hit back in the 70s, back in the 80s, Copacabana, Mandy, Weekend in New England. So many Barry Manilow songs just went right to the top of the charts. But Barry Manilow also wrote commercial jingles. Now, think about that for a second. It actually makes sense. Barry Manilow wrote hit song after hit song after hit song. He had a way with lyrics. He had a way with music. So it makes perfect sense that he would write great commercial jingles. And he did. And I remember the commercial jingles that Barry Manilow wrote. I learned about this listening to the Barry Manilow live album. And it turns out that Barry Manilow proudly incorporated the commercial jingles that he wrote into a medley that he played at his concerts. You can look the album up. It's called Barry Manilow Live. Just look for the piece called Very Strange Medley. He strings all of his jingles together. Well, not all of them, but a good number of them. But in case you don't want to look that up, I'm going to give you some of the jingles that he wrote. And we can still hear some of these songs to this day, like State Farm. Barry Manilow wrote the State Farm jingle. Do you know how much that blew me away when I learned that? Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's Barry Manilow. He wrote that. Wherever you're driving and wherever you're bound. Yeah, that's all Barry Manilow. And he didn't get rich off of that because this is back when he was starting out. So he wrote that jingle for a $500 flat fee. That's it. 500 bucks. He wrote that jingle back in the late 60s, early 70s. 50 years later, they're still using it. I remember the Band-Aid jingle he wrote. Yes, he wrote the commercial jingle for Band-Aids. Yes, those Band-Aids. I am stuck on Band-Aid and Band-Aid stuck on me. That's Barry Manilow. And I remember that damn song stuck in my head. He wrote the jingle for the Stridex acne pads. People of a certain age remember Stridex. Give your face something to smile about. It's Stridex. Yes, he wrote the jingle for a medication to get the acne off your face. That was Barry Manilow too. And that's the power of these stupid songs. They, stu they just stick in your head. I remember that melody like it was yesterday. Give your face something to smile about. Probably two of the biggest ones that he wrote that I remember like they were yesterday. I can still hear every word. I can still hear every note of the KFC jingle that he wrote. It was what I call the grab a bucket of chicken jingle. It was grab a bucket of chicken, finger licking good. Have a barrel of fun. Goodbye, ho-hum. Say hello to your family. Come on, everyone. Get Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's a barrel of fun. I know I didn't do it justice, but I remember that song. Oh yeah, Kentucky Fried Chicken, that was another big one. And then of course there's the McDonald's jingle. Yes, he wrote the McDonald's jingle too. There have been many variations of the You Deserve a Break Today jingle. Now there's the music that goes with it, and then there's the words that go with it. And if you look up the You Deserve a Break Today jingle, you'll see so many variations. There's one about how they clean the McDonald's. There's one about how they prepare the food. There's one with an overarching lyric about how good it is to be alive. But it all leads down to You Deserve a Break Today by going to McDonald's. 
So much life to be lived, so much to be tried, and when you share it you get a special feeling inside. You deserve a break today. So get up and get away to McDonald's. That's the jingle. That's it. I remember that like it was yesterday the first time I heard it. And like I said, there were so many variations of the You Deserve a Break Today jingle. It was crazy. So anytime you see that phrase, You Deserve a Break Today, associated with McDonald's, that goes back to that jingle from over 50 years ago. That's the power of advertising. So there you have it. Some jingles, some mascots, some of the advertising that I grew up with that left an impression on me and that I just can't get out of my head. But that's the power of advertising. It stays with you. That's why we're going to remember flow. We're going to remember random mayhem. We're going to remember that stupid lemu emu. That's the power of advertising. They're going to be with us forever now. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for listening. As always, I appreciate your support, and I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this episode. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves, and I'll see you when I see you.